Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ann and Una. And you're listening to Engage, the podcast. podcast a podcast where we discuss all things wedding planning and healthy relationship as per usual it's your boy hey you ain't and it's unai we back we back we are back um and stuff is crazy in the world around us we uh yeah just found out like we're recording this um as we have found out that um rbg ruth bader ginsburg is has died and it's like a wild time it is this um this year has not quit it really has not quit um and every time i feel like we say like we're exhausted or there's some other news or something else um something else is just right behind it so yeah and like it was even one of those like we like we're contemplating like doing like should we record today and like all this other stuff um and I don't know. I feel like it's just like a. Like I'm struggling to put into words. Just like the fear I feel like I have with like, like everything that's going on. Plus, now I add this on top of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then like the like, RP, you know, to RBG because she was definitely like fighting super hard. Um, and I was like, like it's just like the what happens next. Right. And that part is always just like really scary, I think, especially um, especially now. And so, you know, I'm thankful that we have this this podcast as a as a platform, you know, just to be able to process like whatever. Um, But this is. uh, This is wild and um, it's shocking and it is stressful um and just like everything is just really really off yeah and i think everything i mean everything is like compounded right like um you think of the reach this this one person has on the way that like our our country functions like um you know, the values that are held up in our government and, you know, she's, she's one person, but, and obviously I, I really don't know like her full history, but she has been around for a really long time and has been serving, um, you know, as a Supreme Court justice in a time where, um, it's like, getting, it's getting taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so knowing, Knowing the not only I guess her role in that, but kind of what this means now that she's gone, I think, like you said, like it's just it's really scary to know that there's all these different ways that I think um um I like to call him he must not be named uh you know is taking away like our our rights and our voting and there's just so many things it's like at every turn and now um. 
yeah, what comes next is really scary. But also, I think it brings up a lot too. I think we've been talking a little bit about like how do we, how do we get involved? How do we, um, how do we show up in this moment and like protect ourselves, but also realize that November is coming quickly. Um, we need to get out and vote and help others to get out and vote or stay at home and vote by mail. All those good things, right? Um, but that there's so much like collective uh, trauma that is going on right now that it makes it really difficult in one hand to pay attention to an election and pay attention when there are fires burning and when there are hurricanes and there's all these things. And so that makes it really hard to pay attention to. And in the other hand, if we don't, mm -hmm. all of that only gets worse. Right. Um, and I think even like the whole like concept of, or the messaging of like, you know, like get out and vote, get out and vote, you know, like, I mean, we're going to vote, right? Like, it's it's an important part of, like, being civically engaged and, like, con like not contributing to the world, but... But, yeah, you know what I I'm think saying. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, even then, like, you know, people have been voting for, like, forever, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, there are still a lot of situations that people are in where, like, they're voting. Like, they don't see their, their situations changing or... Right. Um, you know, there's like still people disenfranchised and like, mm -hmm. there's all these things. And so like, I don't know. And I, I, again, like I'm, I'm struggling real time. Right. And so I apologize for the lack of, um, I feel like I'm not really like saying anything, <laughs> but like also I think it's just important for, for us all just to be able to. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to not do the podcast. Right. Because I was feeling this way. Right. Because it's like, everyone's, like, not everyone, but, like, a lot of people are having, like, these, like, collective feelings about, like, the state of the world. and Right. And I think RBG just kind of, like, put, like, a, it's like a, like, at the pinnacle of, like, damn, this shit is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's, like, shit has been crazy, but, like, now it's like, shit is going to continue to get crazy right. if shit doesn't change. Right, there's no end to the madness. Right. Like every step that you're like, this is rock bottom, it's like, ha ha, like jokes on you. No, no, it's not. Um, and I think, that, but I think you bring up a good point is that even when we really don't feel like we have the words to like articulate how we're feeling, like processing um, still needs to happen, right? Like this, conversations like this, um, are so much better even if they go nowhere even if it's not always clear what's being said because it's a lot better than not saying anything at all um and I think that I've been realizing that all as well but also knowing too that like um especially right now it's important to like protect ourselves in ways that uh, a lot of times we don't have the time for or like that we haven't um explored because being bombarded by like all of this is just like I mean it's draining it's always been draining but this year feels extra draining um for so many reasons we already know this like we see the memes we know um we see the memes we see the memes <laughs> like for real though like but it keeps happening right like 2020 does not stop no. and so like 
knowing that it's okay to step back and like if we didn't record the podcast today that that would have been okay if like that felt like what we needed to do but in this moment like you know like I've offered that up and you were Mm -hmm. like no I think I would rather process and like being true to kind of like that intuition that we have of like when do we need to speak when do we need to like dive in a little bit deeper with things that are really uncomfortable or really unsettling or really upsetting. Um, and when do we need to say like, I actually need a breath before I can handle this. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just too much to do it all at once or to do nothing at all. Right. Like there's just no way to do either of those things. Um, and I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, bless you, Abby. And so we definitely appreciate y'all sticking with us. I know that you probably didn't expect to come onto this podcast and be having this conversation. At all. Um, But I think that that's part of why we made this, right? Is that we have, like, just open conversations about, like, what's going on in our lives. And a lot of that has been, like, how are we planning our wedding? And, like, how are we preparing to be married? Um, But right now it's, like, how do we... How do we... How do we, like, plan for a future where, like, things just feel very, like... Like, we're certain, but, like, the things around us... Are not. Systemically are, are definitely not. And continuously, like, it feels like everything is shifting beneath our feet, right? Like, we have a home, but, like, the world around us, like, everything is moving. Um, and you don't know that, you like, you'll step outside. And it's like, it's like Hunger Games, you know, when, like, they're in the the thing and the clock moves around they like figure out that the game is a time Mm -hmm. or a clock and like everything shifts and you're like where am I now Mm -hmm. and it feels like every week you're like okay like the clock has spun let me open the door and see where I landed um so yeah and I will say that like going through all of this I mean we can kind of take it back to the podcast a little bit it's just like going through all of this Like you said, it's like I, we have, we have each other to lean on and we know we're going to do everything I think in our power to, to land on our feet. Um, even when we like don't know where we're going to land. Um, and so that feels really comforting. And I think especially like knowing that we can have conversations like, like this, um, and others I think we've grown quite a bit as of recently just because we haven't had a choice to talk about things that we haven't before um so that feels really comforting for me mm-hmm. and I think that we've also been trying to find a lot of different ways that we can feel comforter comfort in each other but outside of each other as well mm-hmm. um yeah so I guess uh thinking about and I feel like everyone's always trying to like find you in these hard times or just like stuff to smile about or things to be happy and look forward to. Um, we've found some really cool TV shows. Um, like we enjoy Lovecraft Country super hard. Yes. Uh, we just finished uh, all seven seasons of New Girl. Um, yes. And if you have not watched New Girl, it um, it's a pleasure. <laughs> it's like <laughs> It's like what we watch like after either watching something really hard or when we just like, you know, like we just want to laugh and chill. Um, 
and Lovecraft too. I think that that has expanded for me. I started listening to the podcast as well, which has been really yes, it's so good. I'm sleep. It's really good because it goes. I mean, it goes deeper into every episode, but they really talk about like just like themes of like all the things that we're talking about in this moment but like in 1950s Mm. like it's really great so um if you have not listened to that or if you're contemplating um watching the show definitely listen to the episodes of the podcast uh i think it's called lovecraft radio there are spoilers Lovecraft radio (laughs) there are spoilers so keep that in mind if you want to listen to that before you watch the episodes but it is it's really good um I also have been doing my nails um and that has been a true self-care for me um one taking care of my nails has been great because I just posted on Instagram a couple days ago and my babies are thriving (laughs) okay um but also it's like it like makes me look feel and like you know all those things like it makes me feel good um and um i think i'm gonna i'm opening my books we're gonna do some nails out here i thought you were talking about reading i was like what oh no i probably should do that but um, (laughs) i'm opening my books (laughs) no i'm not i meant like if you are in the you know rtp triangle area uh and you want your nails done from somebody who is learning, but uh, but doing a very, a very strides, solid job. Uh, go ahead and hit me up on Instagram at uh, Uno More. Small plug. Uh, small plug for sure. Um, but yeah, also with my like doula class, I feel like I have also been like looking into more like natural healing, and I feel like time and time again, my body has been telling me I need a little bit more natural like healing and love in my life so whether that's like herbs or using less ingredients in my face and skincare products or whatever um i've just been trying to lean into that and listen so yeah how about you what else have you been doing uh you know fantasy football season is here um shout out to the ebdbb and bffl um and the podcast shout out to robbie rob um yeah (laughs) <laughs> I was just gonna say, is that a private podcast? No, it's an absolutely private podcast. <laughs> uh, only the only the league is in it. Um, uh, he's been making mixtapes. I do have, yeah. <laughs> I about to say we have a whole podcast mixtape for the league. It's it's a great time. That really does put a smile on my face. Um, and then also, um, so Una and I had like a conversation. Uh, I think were we married at this point when we did the whole? Uh, it was my birthday. It was around my birthday. Um, we had a conversation where we like sat down. I don't know what conversation um, you're talking about. The one where we did like the the planning, the day planning, like what was your birthday? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't, you didn't tell me. You oh, just, you just kept talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, ours. So like, I I was like, you know, I really want to get. And for for clarification, I don't think you said this. Is that we sat down and we were like, what would a dream day look like if we were doing what we loved and like mapped out our entire day from from waking up to going to bed, like mm. everything going perfectly, what would that look like and what would we be doing? Yeah, which I would recommend for um, couples to, to or kind anybody. of do or anyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, podcasting was really like a, a very like big driving force in that um, for what that looked like for me or just like what would bring me like the most. Like we have this podcast, of course, 
uh, the Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, I had a podcast before. You um, do you started a podcast? I started for a podcast work, for my job, like, which is Heel Talks. Heel Talks, yeah, yeah. If y'all are into leadership development and civic engagement, yes, yeah. then really you fire. should definitely check it out. I actually listen to many of your podcasts. Really? Uh, well, especially because I'm around you, Facts. so I just like hear you listen to them. But they're actually like super helpful and are really interesting about getting involved in the UNC campus. But I think are really applicable to like life. Yeah, and student-led. I used to yeah. be on them, but like now I train my students to do it, which has also been a cool thing. Anyway, um, so like <laughs> podcasting is like been like a thing that I am passionate about and just like storytelling in general. Um, and I'm going to start working on a new project. Um, that's more of like, um, it's different than anything else that I've done where these have been like more conversational. Like this is going to be um, a lot more like research-driven and... Like historical, Um, almost, yeah. yeah. Almost like a timepiece. I'm not going to share too much about it right now, um, but just know uh, things are things are in the works, and I'm really excited for it. Um, So we just encourage you all that as as things are wild in the world, um, find things that you can you can still smile about or still be happy about. Um, You know, love on your people that are around you. and really just just take it day by day um because i feel like that's really all we can do um right now anyway yeah for sure and i think that yeah finding things to look forward to i think is really huge right now for sure um speaking of things to look forward to um i mean our episode yeah our episode (laughs) And you, the you came here for a reason, right? Okay, it wasn't just to hear what we've been doing this week or what we've been watching or how crazy the world is. But nonetheless, the world is crazy, right? Like, there are just so many things. And I think Anthony and I have always known that we want to have kids. We've always known that um, we probably wanted to do that, like, sooner than later after we got married. This is not an announcement, everybody. Uh, that would like, be crazy. <laughs> That is, that's not what's happening here. Um, but you know, it's like, think, you know, it's what we think about, right? Um, the first thing that happens when you get married is people are either like, okay, you can still wait to have kids or when are you getting pregnant, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, with the state of the world, I think more than I expected, we have had to have more conversations about what it means to bring children into the world as mm-hmm. it is. Um, and I'm sure that everyone, especially like those who have the privilege to, you know, sit down and plan having a child and when is best in their lives. And not everybody has that luxury. Um, but, but many people have the ability or, or, or have the desire to have those conversations in general. But Everybody thinks about that, but I think, I don't know, like, we all know, like, this year is just crazy, mm-hmm. um, and so to know the state of, like, the climate, the state of our government, the, just the state of um, just racial injustice and all of this stuff, right? Like, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. How do we justify bringing a child into a world that feels like it's kind of crumbling right now? Um, and so we thought of our friends, Jeremiah and Jill, who have a beautiful, uh, two-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. Ray. And actually right after we, uh, 
recorded this episode had their second baby um and she's beautiful Beautiful. so like we we had this conversation with them and we're really excited to share um more of what we talked about and we hope that with this episode you also have these conversations with folks that you love um but also maybe just think about them i don't know yeah it's kind of a light i guess too yeah, no, definitely. Um, so this was really informative and just like really good to talk to other people who um, are in a similar stage of life, are doing it and doing it really well based on our, on our conversation. Um, and similar to some of our other podcast episodes, this is one of those where we won't really take any breaks in between because the conversation was just kind of flowing. So we hope you enjoy um, hearing their tidbits about parenting. Yeah. met through Harry um at Mount Zion uh so I went to church with Harry and I was peeping him peeping me from the pulpit you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) your glasses so what's funny is like me and Jeremiah were friends for so long but when we initially met we actually did like each other and Mm. like try to like talk and he ran that in the dirt totally his fault yikes um <laughs> so we just decided to be friends and like boom friendship that budded into two children Beautiful relationship <laughs> <with> two children <laughs> crazy that's what's up man um you know I, I feel like i oftentimes hear about it, like a lot of folks uh getting chosen uh in the church i feel like that can be a whole uh <laughs> it could be a whole episode a whole tyler perry but here y'all are now you know Making it happen. Yeah. You got a kid on the way. Yes. Fingers crossed, not fingers crossed, but you know, things may uh, transpire, uh, you know, while we record. (laughs) (laughs) So, so far, right? So can you remind us, how old is your daughter? Raylan will be two next month. Two, Mm. okay. So we wanted to know kind of just what's the best part of parenthood for you all and maybe things that you also weren't ready for. For me, the best part of being a parent is um, knowing that the trial and error of things doesn't mean that she's gonna love me any differently. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a bar. You know, <laughs> um, especially now, you know, there's so much going on in the world and we wanna try to protect her from any and everything. Um, and that's not always the case, you know, life happens, but just being understanding that, uh, you know, we're trying to give her the best opportunity at life as possible. Um, but also realizing that, you know, mistakes are going to be made and this, you know, it's all about taking those mistakes and taking the lessons from them. Um, but you know, the, one of the things that I worried about the most was the fact that, um, personally, growing up without that father figure, I didn't know exactly what role or how to be a father. Um, yeah. so for me, everything with her is like so brand new and so fresh. Um, and it's just amazing that she's learning and she learns so quickly. Um, and she's just a sponge and you gotta be careful of course, but the best part of parenting for me is knowing that despite my shortcomings as a, a father, shortcomings as 
a human, a man, whatever, um, she doesn't love me any less. Um, and that's what I really enjoy. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> I think mine would be watching her like grow, which is also bittersweet because like I carried her for 41 weeks. Um, <laughs> I was a labor, which I'm never going to let her forget. Um, <laughs> but watching her grow up like this was my baby and now she's like outside playing and I'm seeing her like try things and then have it not work out that first time and then try it again and like getting it to work without me and I'm like oh my gosh look at my baby (laughs) (laughs) like watching her learn to be independent has been like the best part for me um especially like now that she's like you know about to be two and we're processing like we're learning to process big emotions over here so like frustration has been like one of the things and like I've watched her kind of go from just like crying to like crying and then like throwing it (laughs) being frustrated Mm -hmm. and then like turning around and being like help and like asking for help and I'm like oh my gosh this baby is just so extremely intelligent and I just I can't (laughs) so that's been the best part for me is watching her grow and like foster her own independence and just like try again and not giving up even though it's just toddler things you know but still Mm -hmm. it's like a big deal (laughs) because this was just like my an infant that I was holding and now she's a toddler yeah and I mean I think that um did she do something on resilience or something in social work like in your classes yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, that especially right now, I feel like everybody talks about resilience. And so much of the things that you can teach your children in order to be resilient without having to like go through through things to be resilient, if that makes sense. And I think a lot of that like emotional building and being able to like speak to that is like a huge, a huge thing that's talked about. But I also think that's a lot easier said than done in practice. So it's amazing that you get to like watch it happen in real time. Yeah. And so as uh, newer parents um, and also like millennial parents, um, I'm pretty sure there were some learning curves associated with like, you know, just figuring it all out. And I know that speaking personally, like I feel like when we have a kid, um, like there are so many things in this world that are new or just like different than mm-hmm. even like how we grew up um, yeah. that it's, it's scary in a way of like, like, man, like when, when is my kid going to have a, and I'm thinking like down the road, like, is it cool if they have an Instagram? You know what I'm saying? Like, but the same way our parents. I watch these children with TikToks and I'm like, yeah. I'm so glad that I'm not at that phase yet. Like, right. so like, and back and forth about screen time. Like, so I can't even imagine an Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, like what? No. It's definitely interesting, you know, because so many things are readily available at an early age that we never had an opportunity to have until, you know, either in teenage years or later in adult life. Phones. Um, in general. For what? Sure. I didn't get a phone until I was in high school and it was a chirp. A big chirp. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she navigates the iPad, you know, like she knows how to open up apps. She knows how to look and search for things that she wants to find and look at and you know, it's a reminder, you know, that regardless of how much barriers or things we try to put in place, she's always going to find 
that little crevice to get to, you know, that unexposedness that we're trying to protect her from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is scary. Uh, I work at a school, so, you know, I'm in a setting where, you know, elementary students, they have Chromebooks, you know, they're doing a lot of virtual learning, which is a whole nother thing right now. But, you know, the things that I see from my students are things that I'm definitely trying to make sure to watch out for in regards to when raising my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and just setting that example of being consistent, even, you know, things that I hold as a high regard for my students at school. I try to also have that at home for her as well. Um, but it's definitely interesting raising kids in today's times um, because there's so much, so much going on. Yeah. You talk about like learning curves and like differences from like you know, our parents like did things. My biggest thing is like gentle parenting. Mm. That has been quite the journey um, for me personally. Um, because, you know, like we have those conversations amongst our peers, like, yeah, whoopings build character and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And that's not, that's not what it. I want to do in my house. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't believe that I'm going to be that sort of disciplinarian. Um, so gentle parenting has been really interesting for us to like navigate over here. Because like when you have a kid who's frustrated and who's crying and they're just crying and crying and crying, like you want to do like your parents did and tell them to go sit down on the couch and be quiet, you know, like, but you can't, you can't do that. Like <laughs> I try to figure out why my baby is crying. What is frustrating her? How can I help? You know, like, or helping her name the thing that is like frustrating her. So she's like dragging me in the kitchen and she doesn't know the word. And she's just like fussing and like pointing. I'm like, what do you want, baby? Like, what's the word for that? Like, you know, so gentle parenting has been really interesting um, for us over here because she is going through that phase where she's processing those big emotions. And that's triggering for me because my first reaction because of the way that my mother raised me is be quiet, shut up, go sit down, you know? And like, that's not the way that I want to raise her because then, you know, like, we stunt her emotionally, I feel, um, when you do things like that. We're not allowing her to express herself. Like, mm-hmm. we're not allowing her to name what's wrong with her. Like, we're not allowing ourselves to, like, be part of her process and, like, processing her emotions and figuring out what's going on with her and, like, being able to help. So that approach has been really interesting. Um, <laughs> it's been really hard because I find myself triggered a lot um, yeah. and just being like frustrated with her for being frustrated. And I really have to stop and like check myself. Like, you know, why are you upset? And it's so much of that is deeply rooted in the way that I was raised, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just refuse to do that to her because then we, we become adults and we don't know how to communicate because right. the cost of the whoopings that build character is like emotionally <laughs> like we don't know how to process our emotions we can't we don't know how to communicate with each other like you know so we end up with things in our adulthood um that we're still struggling through because of the way that we were raised mm-hmm. so like trying to be trying to t- have that gentle parenting approach has been it's been a challenge but it's I like it you know personally I like I said I love seeing her like going through those phases of where she's just crying and then she's crying and poisoning and then she's learning to say help like and grab me and be like help mama help you know and with a two-year-old even more interesting because they go through their own phase of life (laughs) right 
<laughs> when you initially said that, like at two years old, you know, like she goes through a phase of like, I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm throwing things. But, like at the end of it, like I recognize that like, this is a situation I need help with. Mm-hmm. And, like I'm going to go to my parents, I'm gonna go to my mom and dad for that support. I think that's huge for like a two year old to like recognize. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the like, the development levels of for whatever you know what i'm saying but at two years old i wasn't doing it i don't think i was you know what i'm saying I all right, right. Really <laughs> <Probably not. laughs> um, but i also like i seen it's like i feel like in in my household like there have been there's two sides of it so like i can kind of like on one hand how many weapons i got like in my lifetime mm-hmm. um on the other hand my sister was getting tagged like every day like <laughs> and so and i would just watch i was like yo i don't think that this is like helpful this isn't working like, <laughs> not <Yeah>. at all <laughs> no. And and I always, and I think I always wonder, or like we've talked about like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, do we plan to like, like whoop our kids or anything like that? Unfortunately, we're on the same page of like, no, but even like dealing with that, Mm -hmm. uh, like that frustration that you were talking about and not necessarily like understanding what that's going to look like for us, I think is also one of those things that's just like kind of scary. Yeah, for sure. I feel like. I don't know, I feel like what I heard from you a lot is like the space of just being like, you just get to figure this out. And that like, you need your own space as well to figure out how to figure it out with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really big thing. And I'm wondering too, a little bit about like how you came to that like decision. I mean, you said because of your experience, you know, growing up as well, that you were like, this is just not something I want to do. But like, how do you learn um learn about this like gentle parenting and like as a millennial parent like where do you go for that information is it through friends like yeah i don't know Uh, i pull a lot of that from friends mm um i pull a lot of that from friends um and like you know like we have jeremiah's mom um who we lean into for advice about certain like developmental stuff that other first time moms are just not able to give because Mm -hmm. none of us know but as far as like gentle parenting goes um i have like a group of mothers who are uh like women of color that i sort of reach into and i'm like hey so my toddler is going through this phase like how are and all of our kids are sort of around the same age Um, So it's really helpful to figure out like what they're doing to navigate that. Um, And I also listen to podcasts, which tend to be really helpful um, around like toddler development and like motherhood and phases and things. So that's where I pull a lot of my knowledge from, um, honestly. And being able to go to them and also just vent too is really nice. Like having a, a group of moms that's my age that really understand like, yo, I want to put my toddler on the porch <laughs> and let her cry and like go in the room and shut the door. Um, so having that community yeah. really helps. Um, and having a community of moms who are kind of like all on the same page about like that gentle parenting aspect and how we're raising our children has been really helpful for me personally. Um, I, I have friends that have kids, um, but the thing for me that's been really helpful with trying to parent her gently has been thinking about my own personal experience. Um, just like, and like, I definitely feel, you know, <laughs> I can count my experiences of my whoopings, but then I look at it again, my brother and sister and see the differences there. Um, but also being the oldest, I understand that there was a, there's certain levels to that and also being aware of my own self in that, right? So instead of just thinking that 
it's an action that she's doing because she wants to. It's a response from something else. So trying to, you know, pay more attention to what she's doing prior to her crying or what she's doing while she's crying. Um, and then also taking steps back and saying, all right, <laughs> am I ready to problem solve with her on this stuff right now? Or do I need to pass that over to Jill? Or should I just, you know, allow her that space to do that? And then we revisit it. Um, but for me, it's been more of a reflection thing of saying, I saw what that did for myself and my siblings with that type of style of parenting. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the fruit of it as do we are all adults. Um, and that part is really tough for me as an adult looking back at the things that parents thought were okay and looked at how it shaped the trajectory of my adulthood. So I don't want to cause her harm now that will continue to harm her throughout the rest of her life. So I try to look back at things and say, all right, did that work or did that not work? What pieces of that could I bring out that actually worked? Like mm -hmm. one thing that my mom was uh, really keen about was she didn't give whoopings without also having an explanation. And what I've seen a lot oh, in nice. childcare, um, and dealing with parents and behavior and discipline, you know, a lot of parents are just having their range of styles. And some people are just very hardcore strict and they gonna tell you what they want to tell you. And that's the way it has to be. But on the flip side, like my mom would have a conversation like, you know, the reason why you need this to happen is because this happened. And I don't really like the term like I'm only doing this out of love because love doesn't have to look like that, mm -hmm. right? Love doesn't have to be violent. Love doesn't have to be physical all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, love can be, come here, you're upset, just lay here. Mm. Ready to talk, we can talk, right? Same approach that I take with my kids at school. I try to bring that stuff back home too. You know, I've been able to learn a lot of techniques that have proved to be very useful. Um, but it's all about kind of looking back even in your own life, you know, and what worked. And maybe it did have bad fruit, but there was some group fruit that was, that came from it and just trying to pull some of those things out. Yeah, and I, I think even what you just brought up about like parents taking the time to reflect on their own experiences um, and like what traumas they're bringing to the table, like before they even like think about like raising a kid, I think is important to like a lot of people, they don't do that self work beforehand. So I'm glad that it sounds like y'all are. Um, this isn't a question that like I, I pose to you, but I think Jill, especially um, knowing that like we both uh, like lost our parents to like death. And Jeremiah, I know that you said that your dad was, I don't know, like the situation and stuff, but as, as people and Una too, like you're mm -hmm. our, like everyone is missing mm -hmm. one or more folks. Mm -hmm. um, with that, like in mind, how does that shape you as parents and like, like how you parent, if that makes sense? Like, I don't know. I, I think for me, like I'm, I'm excited to be a dad because I know like how solid my dad was. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm also nervous to be a dad because I know how solid my dad was, if that makes sense. So yeah. Yeah. Like, how, does, how does that like impact you all as well? Oof. <laughs> this is, um, you know, for me, this is the hardest part of, of parenting um, is thinking about all of those things. Uh, and I'll put it to you in two different ways. One, like you said, you're looking at the example that was set. And on the flip side, you're looking at the example that wasn't set for, for me personally. Um, my father left when I was about two. 
we never really built a relationship through, you know, school or anything like that. Um, it wasn't until later in my adult life that I really started to connect with them. And I still wouldn't say that we had the best relationship. Um, but one of the things that I remember uh, and that I kind of made a promise to myself as a kid was that I would never leave my child feeling the way that I felt growing up. Mm. Um, and I got to be careful of that because being present doesn't always mean um that you are present right so me just being at home with her is one thing but if i'm not taking the time to do certain things you know and i'm not just talking about sitting down for dinner with her doing her colors or things like that but spending that significant time where we just sit on the porch you know we don't run around outside we just sit there you know just spending that quality time but it's about for me trying to find that time in those ways of building the memories that I never was able to build um, mm -hmm. and trying to show her that, you know, as your parent, I'm here for you in these ways, but I'm also here for you in the ways that you want me to be. Um, because that was what I, f I was missing a lot from growing up was I had different father figures, quote unquote, but like never that dad. You know, so that was hard for me. And being a father now is like, yes, I want to do all these things with my child. If she want to do basketball, we can do that. If she want to be a track runner, we can do that. If she just want to cook, we can do that. But, you know, just finding the enjoyment and all the little pieces, um, you know, for me at least. But it's very difficult putting those things into, you know, a box because um, there was so much that was just missing. And like you said, it's, you don't want to be on the same level as your parent. You hope to strive to be better and be an individual that is built for your child instead of being the person that you wanted somebody else to be for you. And I got to be careful with that as well because I find myself trying to do things for her that I'm like, man, I wish my dad did that, you know, and maybe, you know, it's not something that's necessarily for her, but you know it's tough yeah i i think that not having mom my mom the biggest um the biggest thing that i've learned from her absence is uh empathy with other parents mm -hmm. um so you know how you know how people pass away and then all the family you become an adult and all the family stories start coming out and you figure out you know all of the harm and all all of the good things but also all of the harm that like your parent caused to other people um and like i reflect a lot on um not me in particular like i it really feels like me and my siblings were raised completely different even though me and my sister are only a year apart like me and my brother are two years apart and um but like the way that we just came out and i reflect a lot on how my mother's parenting like with them looked different from the way that she parented with me and like the harm that she caused them and um just like realizing being in a place of forgiveness with her where I'm realizing that she did what felt right for her in the moment and she parented the way that my grandma parented her the way that my great-grandma parented my grandmother um 
so finding like empathy and like parenthood um with myself and with like jay so i think that's just like my biggest thing is like when i'm getting frustrated or when i see him getting frustrated with her and like like he was saying you know like that trial and error and those mistakes and like realizing that she's gonna love me anyway like i look at my sisters and i'm like boy if i was you i, I, I would <laughs> and they just and they love her so fiercely despite like all of those things mm-hmm. so like empathy like a deep-seated empathy with myself about the mistakes that i'm going to make as a parent um and realizing like how to correct those while she's young and not Definitely. like in adulthood yep. um having to revisit that like all of the things that she felt that i did wrong to her you know and like having to rebuild our relationship because like she just was like oh i can't stand the way that you did this mm-hmm. and you never apologized for it mm-hmm. so like having empathy for myself and have empathy for jay and also being an apologetic parent <laughs> like even though she's only two like super important oh my gosh, like, if I snap at her and realize that me snapping at her has more to do with me than what she's doing, like, saying sorry to my baby, I I say sorry to my baby, so being an apologetic parent is definitely one of those things that I, that I took away, um, that I, that I take away constantly, like, I'm constantly reflecting on in the absence of, like, my mother, um, is that like she was not an apologetic parent? That's why Jay was like, "My mom explained." Like we had a conversation. I was like, "Oh, that's nice. We didn't get that, we didn't get that in my house. <laughs> we didn't get that in my house." So, so like being an apologetic parent and like having a conversation with her. So like, if I do have to like pop her for doing something unsafe for like playing with the plugs or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause she's going through those phases where she's experimenting with one another unplug and plug things up and like having to pop her hand and be like that's unsafe behavior explaining to my baby why that's unsafe behavior you know what i'm saying like so yeah those those things that kind of go into like the way that i want to parent her that i literally just did not get like i remember electrocuting myself as a child and one time i should have listened to my brother <laughs> i had it was a like a plug that wasn't working <laughs> and i was like i y'all i stuck a butter knife in the plug don't judge me i was like <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, my brother was like, all right, now I'm telling you, you're going to electrocute yourself. And I was like, this thing don't work. <laughs> and like lit up my, I had like welts all over my hand and I got a whooping. I'm like, damn, I'm in enough pain. <laughs> I got a whooping and I had to lay on the floor and like take a nap. <laughs> and that's what I got. Like, I didn't get an explanation as to why it was wrong. It was just like, I mean, the whooping, obviously, I was like, okay, well, I obviously did something wrong. I got a whooping for it. But, like, I didn't get that explanation of, like, yo, that was unsafe. Like, what were you thinking sort of thing? So, so like, doing that for my baby means a lot for me because that's that was a huge hole that my mom was missing and raising mm-hmm. us. So, like, that's my biggest thing with, like, her absence and and um and obviously you know making sure that she has a relationship with jay's mom is like her grandmother that's her own living grandmother so um yeah making sure that that like she has that time with her and knows who her like grandmother is and and things like that so i think that i really push them having a strong relationship because that's like her own living present grandparent that she yeah. had in her life yeah. I think all that is so important, um, especially the like the apologetic parenting and 
and all that I think that especially as kids when we are easy like you know we're upset with our parents it's really easy to forget that they're human and I think that it's in becoming an adult and I'm sure that once we become parents this will be a whole nother level and I'm sure you're experiencing that as well but just that um our parents aren't perfect people and that it's so hard to all that forgiveness and 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 being able to like learn from it is so so difficult so I appreciate you bringing that up because um I don't know in this moment it also feels like there's so much talk too about like generational trauma and like how we move and like grow and heal from that and have to not just heal like the things that we've had to go through but like heal from all that has happened um for so long from our parents and our grandparents um and that all of that feeds into how we parent our our children so especially I think in this moment where we both have like this talk of mental health and and like gentle parenting and all of these kind of new things that I feel like maybe weren't as accessible to our parents but also we have the current I mean we're living in a pandemic and we also are um, experiencing kind of really like a spotlight on like racial injustice and just so much is going on right now. Um, I'm wondering kind of what, with the state of the world, how has that kind of shaped um, your views of parenting and like how you um, are intentional? I know you already talked a little bit about, you know, being trying to protect um, your children in so many ways, but what does that really mean right now? I think, and the reason why I'm going to say this is if we are not right as individuals, we can't be right for her, right? Um, in the midst of all of this, it's shown that we have to take whatever steps are necessary in order to make sure our mental wellness, that our emotional wellness um, is in a stable place. Uh, I'll speak personally from the experience of working and childcare and schools that um, it is a very uncomfortable conversation right now of, you know, being in school buildings where, you know, this is a pandemic going on. We're still not exactly sure how it's being transmitted, how it affects children. So, you know, there's a lot of anxiety that surrounds that. And because of that anxiety, I'm trying to take steps to make sure that the household isn't affected by that. Um, it's interesting because I felt like this past school year before the pandemic and a lot of stuff started to happen, um, there was quite a bit of um, uneasiness. Um, the executive director of my job was arrested on child pornography. Mm -hmm. um, there were um, all of the different racially charged events happening in Madison School District. So, you know, there was a lot going on that was making me feel very uneasy about the work that I do, you know, not in the sense of Am I doing enough? But like, why is it happening now, right? And then we fast forward to February and we're in the midst of this pandemic. Um, and so it's been catch up after catch up of like, all right, outside of being an individual dealing with this, I also have kids, right? So now I have to figure out how I can get myself together so that I can be the best version of myself or at least something close to it for Raylan and for, you know, new baby that's coming. Um, 
we we had this period where we had to like unplug in the house like mm-hmm. where it was just so much happening like I mean the news was wild like everything was wild and like and Jeremiah was getting up and like the first thing he was doing was reading his news and like his day would just go like spiraling yeah. and then we would get into these conversations you know like as adults and like I mean and and like the tension in the house like the energy in the house just being high not exactly because of like things that are going on in our yes. household but the way that we're taking in all of these things that's happening in social media and around the world um and we started to notice that Raylan was being affected by the energy mm-hmm. that was in the house mm-hmm. like she was she was like crying and like fussy and like very much so just like unlike herself and and we're trying to figure out what's going on with her. And, you know, obviously as a parent, you like, oh, something physically wrong with my baby. Mm-hmm. And like, she's healthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we had to like, for real, take a step back and like, check ourselves. Like, this is the energy that we're bringing yeah. in the house. And she's feeling this mm-hmm. and is reacting to it. Mm-hmm. So like, we had to like, for real, like, okay, when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we are not doing is picking up our phones and looking at social media. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't care about Trump. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, and that was when Brianna Taylor, you know, like all of those things and like getting on Twitter and looking at these hashtags and like being on Facebook and all of these things. And we're like, okay, you, you fight that need to be informed, but also like being like, okay, this is affecting my mental health. So we really had to like choose like, okay, we just, we all of that information is still going to be there because like we need to get our house in order mm-hmm. because our child is literally being affected by like the moves that we're in so that has definitely been one thing um that we're learning in this pandemic is like learning to unplug um me personally i've been wanting to homeschool i'm like really leaning towards homeschooling my kid <laughs> i like i don't know if i want her to like mm-hmm. be out here <laughs> like this like you know that that level of like wanting to protect her from things um and we're being worried about her development um because like it's, it's such a she's at such a crucial age where like socializing with other yeah. kids is yeah. so important and it's so hard to like watch my baby she's so social she gets that from him because it's not me <laughs> um <laughs> and she's such a social butterfly so when she sees other kids she's hi hello like she's wanting to play and she's wanting to interact with these children and like me being like okay it's not really safe we don't know what's in these kids houses like mm-hmm. this baby don't have on a mask and she won't wear one because she's two so she's like nah Mm-hmm. Um, so I play with her. I find myself like playing with her a lot like in the house because I don't want her to be socially lacking. And like, I put this emphasis, super hard emphasis on her going outside every day. And like, I know that kind of irks Jeremiah sometimes. Cause I'm like, just go on the porch. And he's like, I just want to sit on the couch, but I'm like, she needs to go outside. <laughs> so like making sure that she's going outside and like getting fresh air, um and even though she's nowhere near pre-k like I have this Pinterest board of like Montessori like activities that I sort of want her to start at like the beginning of the school year that I want to start up with her um just because I don't want her development I think that has been my biggest anxiety is her development being started because of the pandemic um so that new parent anxieties that I felt 
I feel like I wouldn't have had to worry about beforehand. Yeah. Like, you know, we were planning on going to all of these like library reading groups and like play groups and things like that. All of that is shut down now. Yeah. I mean, it's super interesting to even talk about it now because like we've talked about it, but and thought about these things, but like sitting here now and hearing her say all these things, it's like, we just experienced a summer where, you know, we couldn't take her to all of these different places and expose her to different things. And, you know, get her interest level peaked with certain things just simply because it's not safe, you know. Right. And for me, <laughs> having to go back into these school buildings is like really put the anxiety and the pressure on because it's like, you know, I understand the situation of a lot of where these kids are coming from, where, you know, they're in unstable housing or you know they're at home being abused or dealing with the fact that they don't have the same information that we're getting about the pandemic so you know the way that they live their lives is different which in turn puts us in a interesting spot you know as a director of an after school program and you know this child care program that mmsd is wanting us to do there's so much uncertainty involved and I can say that it would be different if it was just Raylan, you know, I can take certain steps that I feel would be necessary to make sure that she's safe. But with the newborn, we don't know how this pandemic is affecting babies and things of that nature. So, you know, it's caused a chain reaction of different things, um, you know, from being feeling secure in a career or in a place of employment to now having to kind of look outward and try to look at different options um it's hard especially with an incoming baby you know in a pandemic and you know racial unjust uh injustices and everything else it's so many facets and like she said we just have to continue to remain unified and also unplugging and trying to find you know some of those things that work for us Uh, but everything is so ever-changing right now that as a parent, especially, you know, I feel for for parents, this is a very tough thing in a situation that, you know, there aren't any secure answers to, you know, mm-hmm. we're planning these programs and, you know, just last night, Wisconsin released a new order for Dane County saying that all third through 12th graders have to start virtually. So, you know, some schools are starting next week or the week following, and they had been using these last two months or a month or so to plan around being in person and now they have to flip so you know it's putting a lot of pressure on parents and you know with our government and other things kind of being the way that they are there isn't too much support there isn't too much knowledge on how parents or anybody should navigate through these things um but it's just very it's a blessing to have her um and the village and the community that we have because it makes it a little bit easier Mm. Yeah, and I think um, thank y'all both for sharing. Y'all been dropping some gems, low key. Some <laughs> <laughs> notes, but I think that uh, even how Una and I always like talk about how the the pandemic and like all this wildness that's happening, um, it's always been nice to have like like a for show for show like person or mm-hmm. just like you know just like a presence that's like always there. You know what I'm saying? And like we're gonna make it through this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for you all with like having a two-year-old, having a baby that's going to come at the end of this podcast, <laughs> um, having, you know, like all these things, like how do you, how do you feel like being parents have fed, has fed your relationship? Um, and like, 
Yeah, no, yeah, that's the question. How do you feel like being a parent has fed your relationship during these times, especially? Um, it's definitely made me appreciate like his partnership a whole lot more, um, for sure. Um, us being on the same page about the way that we want to parent Ray and um, having conversations about like ourselves and like how we fit into that and and like also putting because it's I mean you know like it's not easy it's not easy at all to find time for us especially now that we're in the home a lot more with our two-year-old like it, it ain't no just like oh drop the baby off at grandma's house we gonna go to date night you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like we used to like all of the things that we used to intentionally make time for to do to actually remove ourselves from like a space outside like outside of the home and then like kind of sort of give up give ourselves a break from Ray it's hard to do mm -hmm. these days um so it hasn't been easy but I would say that like having conversations around the way that that isn't easy <laughs> is is definitely um is definitely helpful for sure like this is like he was saying like everything is just like ever changing so it's like oh for like my birthday, for example, um, like I risked it. I went to a spa and I got a massage and stuff. And like, we wanted to like do this like fancy dinner or whatever. And like, obviously a lot of restaurants are not open. So we just made a date out of it in like our living room. You know what I'm saying? So like, I came from the spa, like he picked me up. He, he got the food, like we turned on the movie. We sat the table in the middle of the floor and like, we just sort of ate you know, like in peace, like in each other's company, like Ray was still gone. Um, so finding things that we can do in our home that still connects us, that doesn't like exactly have to mm -hmm. revolve around being outside and stuff like that, like going for walks um, is something that we do. Like even I'm 38, y'all know I'm pregnant. <laughs> like even yesterday he was like, I, I kind of sort of came in the house because the mosquitoes was out and I don't, I don't rock with bugs. And he just turned around and was like, did you want to go for a walk or something like that? Like, or did you just want to stay in the house? So those like super intentional questions about things that like he knows that I like to do now because so much of that has changed is super helpful and super cute. Um, he mm. makes breakfast every morning. I, he's not a breakfast person. I am. I love breakfast. It's my love language. I like to wake up and, eat. <laughs> and like he gets up in the morning and like it's automatically like whisking eggs. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I love you. <laughs> I love these eggs. <laughs> this toast is <laughs> so little. It, it has been more of the little gestures. Mm -hmm. I feel. Um, and then also like both of us like being religious um and loving the lord the way that we do um we've also found a deeper connection in like that i feel mm -hmm. um we both like have like our respective like bible studies that we that we attend but even on sundays if i'm like at work um we're like watching the same church service together and like having conversations about the lessons that we learned in like bible study and um like playing gospel music music has also been a huge part of keeping us connected music. oh yes lord and like and we get our speakers and like we just turn on the music that we want to hear whether that be gospel or whatever else like he put me on sir um sir's new album we can listen to that a lot mm -hmm. and um what is that other boy's Give name on. Give me on. yes fire too yeah, okay. Give me on is really tight. <laughs> 
every song. You can't skip what? Every song. And just like walking through the house, like singing, you know what I'm saying? Like singing those songs and listening to that music and like, not exactly like while we're cooking or anything like that, but even just turning the TV off mm-hmm. and just like blasting the music. And being like, yo, that shit fire. You heard that bar? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so definitely diving, for me personally, diving more into those little things. I've been I've been gripping onto those little things much more because like those bigger things that we used to do, like big date nights and like stuff that involves like going out or like spending money. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, We, I mean, God bless that we ain't spending money the way we used to. But like, you know, those little things, um, are are great since we can't physically remove ourselves from like the space that we're stuck in together <laughs> all of the time right now. Um I second everything that she said. <laughs> um but for me personally, uh the biggest thing during all of this has reminded me um the faith piece uh is real big. Um uh, simply because for me to be able to transition through all of this change, like my faith is the only thing that I can hold on to, right? And she pushes me into that faith. You know, she mentions about the different Bible classes and things, but she doesn't talk about the fact that she'll send me her daily her daily devotions. You know, if she comes across something that she feels was very helpful for not only herself, but she could find helpful for me, she sends that to me as well. And you know, that's been really reassuring for me throughout this whole process um, because she's a great individual altogether. Like, you know, she's always adaptable. She's flexible. She's loving. She's caring, supportive. uh, And the support is something that I don't take for granted. Uh, Emotionally, mentally, 2020 has wore me out. um, But one thing that has remained consistent is that I know that if I sound off to her. She's not just going to be a sounding board. She'll take that. She'll marinate on it a little bit and then come back to me with stuff that she feels um, could be uplifting or helpful to me. And for me personally, I lean into a lot of different folks for a lot of different things. But throughout this whole experience, her being that support and saying, you know, whatever choice you make, you know, whether I agree with it or not, I support you. And we're going to find a way to make it work um, has been truly like eye opening. You know, like we were saying, it's always good to have that one go to person. Um, but, uh, you know, just she's amazing. You know, like being trapped in the house. Like at first it was like, oh, we on quarantine. We got to be looking at each other's faces all day. Maybe she's at work a little bit. Maybe I'm doing work. And that was a balance in itself of trying to figure that out. Um, but, you know, these last several months, it's just like, wow, I really do love this person. And it's not that I didn't know that I loved her before, but it's, it's like, it's a reassurance. And, you know, I'm, talking to my friends, I'm looking on social media and I'm seeing how other people are dealing with so much more stress because of being trapped inside. Like I consider myself a pretty extroverted person, um, but it's like changing me as an individual, this whole experience to make me more, you know, patient. I didn't feel like I had a lot of patience before. She's taught me more of that, you know, it's, you know, 
problem solving. Did you look at it this way? Or did you try this? You know, there are a lot of things that I feel like more or less I can try to do on my own. And I don't like to try to dig into people for some of those things, but a lot of times she'll find herself just sending me things or pushing things towards me that I might not ever come across. Um, but in our relationship, and it, I'll, I'll be honest, it's, it's definitely had its rough, rough parts um, throughout this as well. I mean, but what what doesn't, you know? Um, the water is not always gonna be, you know, calm. There's sometimes where the tide comes in, the tide goes out, whatever the case may be. But she's been really consistent with, you know, the love and support that she not only gets from me, but I look at Ray too, you know. Um, being pregnant throughout this, I know that she's dealing with a lot of emotions. I know she's dealing with a lot of stress. Um, but one thing that she hasn't done is shown us that she's weak, shown us that she's close to like crumbling, like, we know that it's hard, but she's been able to push through and she's always shown that determination and, you know, that adaptability of like, I'm going to be all right. I may not feel too good today, but I'll, I'll be all right tomorrow or I'll be okay later. Um, but it's put the love more on front street. Not that it wasn't there before, but because of the circ circumstances and situations, you appreciate a person more, uh, especially when you have to be on lockdown with that individual. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was a, I thought that was a good way to, to kind of wrap it up with, like, I, I feel you. Like, I think that I've told you this, even like as we were getting ready to get married, like, I was like, oh, this like confirmed, like, this is the move that we need to be making. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we on lockdown and like- We can do this. We can do this. Like, we can do literally anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, like marriage is one thing, but like, again, to be pregnant during this, like, like my hat is off to you to y'all like Truly. because like I don't know like I don't know like it's it's not a reality like it's something that you will be able to talk about years from now like yo I was pregnant with you during the pandemic mm -hmm. and, and like you were two years old during the pandemic when your sister was like or I don't know the sex of the baby you I'm just really excited for y'all I'm thankful um for y'all to join us and um to really to really share like a lot of the things that we've been talking about in mm -hmm. passing i mean like i joke <laughs> i even joked for this podcast i was like so after uh <laughs> 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 to put it out there okay <laughs> I mean, you know what i'm saying so <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone, but but thank you so much for uh, for joining us and stuff, and we really appreciate it. Really yeah. for real. I'm like, wow, they want to interview us. Uh, that was cool. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, and I'll say this to kind of close out: like, you never thought that you would be in a situation that you are until you're there, mm -hmm. and you know. I feel like we've been talking a lot to people close to us or family about our situation, but I feel like there are so many people who are going through what we're going through um, that it's important for those types of things to be heard. And I appreciate you all um, extending that olive branch to us to come and, you know, share with you guys and um, yeah. hopefully, you know, make you feel a little bit more at ease about parenting and, you know, whatever that may, when that time may come. Um, but 
This episode of Engage the Podcast was produced by me, Unai Fay, and Anthony. Our theme song was created by Anthony and produced by me, and the rest of our podcast music was created by James Grissom. Please make sure you slide us five stars, comment, share, and subscribe if you're enjoying the show, and be sure to follow us at Engage the Podcast on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. Peace.